Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. When we're facing a fearful situation, we need to make decisions in faith, completely trusting the Lord for the outcome no matter what. As perilous, as fearful, as awful, as horrible as it may seem, it's just saying, okay, Lord, I'm completely trusting in you. Completely trusting in you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that's what David's doing here, by the way. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. No matter how frightening a situation we are in may be, we must train ourselves to trust in God so much that our fears are washed away. Pastor J.D. reminds us today that as Christians, we should fear nothing. If we're faithfully walking in the path that he set for us, we can confidently move forward knowing that he will protect us. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You will never make a good decision if you're in fear, if you're worried because you're not in faith. You're not operating in the arena of faith, which is the antithesis of fear. What's faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of that which is yet unseen. And evidence is a pretty strong word, by the way. Is not faith the antithesis of fear? I I cannot be in fear and have faith at the same time. That's impossible. I'm either going to make a decision in faith or I'm going to make a decision in fear. And David is making a decision in faith, not fear. How? Because he has put his trust in the Lord. Lord, uh, this does not look good. Um, there's a contract out on my life. You, you're, you, 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 this isn't, you know, um, <laughs> this isn't a bad day. This is kind of a bad year, uh, bad, you know, years. This is a bad, this isn't just, you know, <laughs> something bad happened. No, this is really, really bad. And Lord, I, I don't, I don't know what to do but I'm going to put my trust in you. And sometimes I think we have to come to that place where we don't know what to do, because if we do know what to do, then we're going to do what we're going to do and not look to the Lord, because we don't need to. When do I look to the Lord? When do I put my trust in the Lord? When (laughs) Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, when I don't understand? I find it interesting, you know, this Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we love it, we memorize it, we sing it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, like David does. Uh, but we, we kind of, I don't know, I don't, maybe dismiss the part that says, lean not unto your own understanding. You know what that means? That means that when you don't understand, you don't have nothing to lean on, so what are you going to do? Lean on the Lord. Trust in the Lord. 
acknowledge the Lord. And it's kind of a three in one. I don't mean to be so, uh, you know, simplistic about it, but it's don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. Those are the three. And then the one is he will straighten it out. He will direct your paths. He will make straight your paths as another translation renders it. But there's almost like this three-pronged prerequisite, if I can say it that way, where we first need to not lean on our own understanding. And then when we don't lean on our own understanding, we're sort of put in this position where we have to lean on Him. We have to trust in Him. And then we have to acknowledge Him. And then when those three things are present, then God is then able to direct us. And in directing us, he also protects us. But that three-pronged prerequisite needs to be in place first. When we're facing a fearful situation, we need to make decisions in faith, completely trusting the Lord for the outcome, no matter what. As perilous, as fearful, as awful, as horrible, as it may seem, it's just saying, okay, Lord, I'm completely trusting in you. Completely trusting in you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that's what David's doing here, by the way. And, and let me say, and again, from my own personal experience, <laughs> being good at this and learning a lot from this, doing this, that it's only when you Trust the Lord with all of your heart that that peace will come in spite of what's happening, in spite of everything that is against you. And of course, this comports, for lack of a better word, with Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It's another three in one. You'll forgive me for the, again, simplicity with which I say that. But we do three things and the Lord does one. What are the three things? Well, first of all, we worry, can I say fear, nothing. How do we do that? By praying about everything and thanking God for anything. We do those three things and what does the Lord do? He gives us this peace, not as the world gives. It's the peace that only he can give. And this peace is not predicated or contingent upon what's going on in your life. It's this peace that will surpass, bypass your human understanding, your mind and your heart. And it will keep your heart in perfect peace. I think about what Isaiah says that the one whose mind is stayed on thee, you will keep him in perfect peace. It's, it's almost a baptism of peace, if I can say it that way. Where God just fills you with his peace. Why? Because you've put all of your trust in him. Lord, I'm giving this to you. I'm putting my trust in you. And Lord, I trust that you're going to work it all out. You're going to straighten it all out. And then the peace comes as a result, I think of that hymn, I talk about it 
often what a friend we have in Jesus, that verse that says, oh, what peace we often forfeit, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Psalm 12. Here again, we have a title. It's to the chief musician. It's on an eight-stringed harp. And it is a psalm of David as well. Verse 1, I love these two words. I love these two words. I love these two words. And I want to talk about these two words. Help, Lord. Ah, You don't think God's going to hear that? Help, Lord. For the godly man ceases. For the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, everyone with his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord, verse 3, cut off all flattering lips. Uh, don't get too um, attached to that prayer. We'll, we'll talk about that one too. <laughs> and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said, verse 4, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. Now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. The words, verse 6, of the Lord are pure words. Like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Uh, interesting psalm. A word that comes to mind with this psalm is the word eclectic. You've got this eclectic contrast of sorts where David is contrasting the pure words of the Lord with the vile words of evil man. And he's crying out to God and he's saying, God, will you do something about what they're speaking? <laughs> and again, I just... I can't get over the first two words. I mean, it's, it's like, ah, it's a two-word prayer. And God answers two-word prayers. You've heard it said, it's not the length of the prayer, it's the strength of the prayer. And of course, you also know that that does not apply to sermons. I'll give you just a moment on that one. But God answers three-word prayers. Ask Peter about that. He's walking on water. He takes his eyes off the Lord. I mean, you want to talk about eclectic. I mean, here, talk about faith and then fear. All within a matter of seconds. He's the one in faith that says to the Lord, bid me come. And he steps out of the boat. And can you believe it? He's walking on water. I think he's shocked. I, I think Peter fully expected to step out of that boat and just boom, sink. But no, he's walking on water. And then the sea started roaring and the wind started blowing and he became afraid. 
And in that fear, he took his eyes off the Lord. And what happened? He started to sink. I mean, right there. And you've probably heard that, you know, account taught in a myriad of ways. But is that not the lesson of that? You take your eyes off the Lord and you sink. Put your eyes on the Lord. I like the other side of that. Put your eyes on the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. You're walking on water. So he starts to sink. And what does he do? He prays a three-word prayer. Lord, save me. Can you imagine the Lord responding this way? Peter, 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 Peter. Man, dude, I taught you better than that. I, I taught you how to pray. Don't you remember? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be. I'm not trying to be irreverent. I, I love that prayer. By the way, that's not the Lord's prayer. That's our prayer that Jesus taught us to pray in that way. But uh, for one thing, Peter doesn't have time. Can you imagine? Our Father was... That's it. Lord, save me. David's prayer, two words. Lord, help. God answers. Two word prayers. I, I wanted to, and I have this in my notes. I kind of, as I was preparing before coming here tonight, I, I, I had a couple of things I wanted to share concerning prayer, if you'll kind of bear with me. <laughs> Um, I think we do err greatly when we complicate prayer. I remember uh, one time I, I really was wanting to be more of a man of prayer. And I'm even asking God, you know, make me a man of prayer. Boy, that's a, that's a watch out for that prayer. You pray, Lord, make me a man of prayer. Oh, are you sure about that? Yeah, make me a man of prayer. Oh my goodness, here come the trials. You said, make me a man of prayer. <laughs> that's, that's a prayer he answers. Well, it was during this season of my life, and I, so I go out and I'm, I'm getting all these books on prayer. Volumes on prayer. One of them by E.M. Bounds, a man of prayer. I wanted to really just kind of, you know, read these books on prayer. And I started reading them. And these are not, these aren't little devotional, you know, one sitting, you know, 30 minute books. Uh, these are volumes, right? And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm starting in the book and, and, and the Holy Spirit as, you know, he's always so faithful in that still small voice just kind of, you know, spoke to me and said to me, nothing wrong with reading this book, but man, the amount of time that it's going to take you to read a book on prayer, you could be in prayer. And as God is my witness, and I say that, and the Lord knows my heart, <laughs> I, I put that book down. I said, wow. And not only that, and again, I'm, I, nothing wrong with that. I mean, there are some great works on prayer, and I highly recommend that you read them. I think the best book on prayer is the Bible. <laughs> but um, I just as I was reading it, I was just kind of 
coming under the weight of, oh my goodness. And it doesn't help when you read about how these men of God, these men of prayer would be quoted as saying things like, I've got such a busy day today. I think I'll spend the first three hours in prayer. Oh my God, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Some of the practical things that I'm learning, I never say I've learned. I'm learning. God is teaching me about prayer is number one, prayer is just talking with God. It's simply communicating with your God. Just talking with him, Lord. And that's kind of foundational because for me it was really a breakthrough. And I'll just share very candidly if you don't mind. For me, when I, when I just peel back all the layers of complication concerning prayer. And, and I realize it's just, you know, talking to him. Father. Baba. I, I like to use Baba. It's very intimate. Daddy in the you know, uh, English language. Baba in Arabic. Chinese too, by the way. I found that out shortly after moving here. It's Chinese. The Chinese call, call their uh, fathers Baba. And when I started doing that, it just, it just changed my whole prayer life. And so I just, you know, sometimes because I'm kind of kinesthetic in that way, I like to walk and just talk to the Lord as I'm walking, as I'm driving, especially when I'm driving. <laughs> As I've confessed, in traffic. I'm always talking to the Lord in traffic. Especially when I need a parking space. I'm like, oh Lord. (laughs) But it's just talking to him. And prayer isn't just a monologue, it's a dialogue. He speaks to you too. Through his word. Chiefly through his word. And I'll tell you, when, when you pray, and they've even found this to be true in much of the research, but it releases these God-given, you know, chemicals and hormones in your body and in your mind. And it just gives you a, a sense of well-being, that all is well with my soul, because I've taken this and given this to the lover of my soul, and he's going to take care of me. He's not going to let anything bad happen and he's going to get me through this and I'm going to be okay and it's going to be okay because he loves me and he cares about me and I'm his child and I know how I am with my children. How much more is my heavenly father with me? So I hope that maybe encourages you and blesses you when it comes to prayer. And this is one of the things, you know, with our Tuesday night, church prayer meetings, I just, I tell you, I, I leave here so edified and, and just listening to all of you, just pray, just talk to the Lord. And it's not just talking to the Lord, it's knowing that the Lord's going to hear and hearken unto the voice of your cry. And, and that two-word prayer, like David here in the psalm, Help, Lord. (laughs) Let me ask you this. 
as a mother, as a father, as a grandmother, as a grandfather, if your child or your grandchild says help, are you, what are you going to say? No, <laughs> you're not going to do that. How, how much more your loving heavenly father, he's going to hear your cry, your cry for help, and he will help. He's your ever-present help in times of trouble. Well, one other thought, we'll move on to verse or, uh, Psalm 13. It's interesting because we're not really told what was troubling David when he wrote this psalm. However, we can surmise from what he says in the psalm and what he prays in the psalm that he's on the receiving end of slander and gossip and false accusations and lying tongues and idle words and evil words. It seems that he's praying concerning this speaking idly with their neighbor, their evil words, their flattering lips, their proud tongue. I mean, it's pretty, you know, graphic imagery in a way, how he describes what they're saying, their words. And again, the contrast of the evil, vile words as opposed to the pure, the purity of God's words. And thankfully, <laughs> David has the confidence and the trust in the Lord that the Lord's going to have the final word. I, I want to address this because... <laughs> I want this to say what it doesn't say, right? Oh, good. I got a witness on that. I don't feel so alone where David prays. I want this to be a literal God cut those ugly, those vile, that, that cut, cut them off. I want that to be literal. Is that bad? Okay. I repent. It doesn't mean that. What he's saying is, God, put an end to it. Make it stop. Cut it out. Not literally. <laughs> make, it, make it stop. Cut it out. Cut it off. Let this be cut off. Silence them, Lord. Do whatever it takes to silence them. Help, Lord. And God will. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible 
helpful links and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.